Thank you, everyone. You can sit down. Good morning to you all, and happy Mother's Day. It's great, isn't it? It's really great to honour mums with their special day and for, for dads as well because, um, you know, mothers and fathers, they're a part of a very important team. And that team, of course, forms a partnership that we know as parents. And while I was um, going on, a, you know, like looking through the Bible, I also remembered <laughs> that it is actually the fifth commandment so you can find it in Exodus 20, verse 12. And it, it, God is telling us to honour our mother and father. So when we honour our mother and our father, we are actually honouring God and obeying what God says. So it's really great, isn't it? Now, for Pastor Gary and myself, I can remember when we first became parents, we brought our little baby daughter home, Naomi, who was up singing this morning. Now, we had no clue about being parents, and I'm sure a lot of you probably didn't have any clue either. I mean, we went to all the classes, we had books, but, I mean, when you actually get the baby put in your hand, you realise that they come with no instruction manual, or and each one is different anyway, so... Yeah, it's really an on-the-job learning. So we often doubt our ability to be able to be parents, don't we? But can you imagine, have you ever really thought about Adam and Eve? So this morning I want us to go right to the very beginning of the Bible. And um, so we'll start in Genesis. And of course we see in Genesis there was nothing but God and his word. Now this morning, I'm going to give you a few words and I'm going to ask Hayley, please, to put up our first word. No? Oh, is it? I thought it was going to be up there. <laughs> Thank you. I have to look behind me now, don't I? So, the word. Now, I want us to actually speak out the words I'm going to say to you. So, say all together, the word. Very, you'll, you'll get it. We'll, we'll get it as, as the time goes on. But anyway, we get back to Genesis and we read, of course, about creation. Now, last week we had um, Peter Sparrow here, so he laid a great foundation for us all, I think. But the creation of the earth, that was everything in it, on it, and above it. Everything that you see was created by God and his words. And, of course, that's um, the sea, the plants, the animals, and, of course, mankind. Now, it says in Genesis that when God created man and woman, he gave them dominion over everything. So that's our Next word, dominion. So let's say it. Dominion. dominion. Ah, good. See, you're going to get it, you know, by the end of this. It would be really great. Now, in Genesis 1.31, it said that God looked and he saw that everything that he created was, and he said, it's very good. It is excellent. So my next word will be excellent. So let's say excellent. Great. 
Now, in Genesis 2, we read about how God first, he created the man and then he takes the rib and he creates the woman. God made a specially suited woman as a helper, a lifelong companion. She wasn't to, uh, to compete with him. She was to complete him. And that's like us all today. God has picked one man, one woman to be together. Now, Adam and Eve, they're the first team or partnership. They are the first couple to be blessed by God who united them together as a married couple, as one. They became one. And we also read that Adam and Eve, they have, they have first with just about everything, don't they? In Genesis 3, 1 to 5, we um, then read that they were the first to sin against God. Now, he said that they could eat of anything but the fruit of just one tree. Just one tree. But, of course, temptation came upon them. They were deceived and tempted by the cunning words of the serpent, Satan. Now, instantly, their eyes were opened and then they realised that they are naked. You know, I I feel that they would have probably felt embarrassed, ashamed, guilty, and a flood of other emotions would have come on them that they had never, ever felt before. They probably would have questioned as well. Why? How? You know, how could we have done that? You know? Now, of course, this is um, known as the fall, and it's the start of the separation between God and man. Now, you see, Adam and Eve, they had such an easy, blessed life. God had provided absolutely everything that they would ever need. But it also says that God will go into the garden every evening to spend time with them, to probably find out how their day was, you know, just to hang out with them. Because God created them and he loves them. He loves them very much and he longed for time with them. So my next word today is time with God. So let's say that all together. Time with God. Thank you everyone for doing that. But this um, particular day when God went into the garden, I think he would have been kind of disappointed Now, I'm not going to go into the curse today. You'll find that in Genesis 3. But it says that God clothed them and then sent them away from the comfort and the security of the garden. Now, they will be all alone and have to fend for themselves. Now, I want to just pose a question to you because this thought went through my head. Now... When God clothed them, he had to take the skin off an animal. So was this the first sin offering or sacrifice to him? I mean, an animal had to get um, killed and blood would have been spilt. So that's just a little thought there for you. Now, in chapter 4, we read that Adam and Eve become parents. Now, just... Think about that one. Eve was the first lady to become pregnant. 
She couldn't ask her mum for help or advice or no other lady at all. She was almost alone. Now, of course, she had Adam there, but he didn't know anything either. There were no doctors, no nurses, no hospitals and no drugs (laughs) to ease the pain. I think she would have been quite frightened. But no matter how much pain she was in, she had to endure it until her baby son was born. It also says that she acknowledges that the baby is a blessing from God. So our next word is acknowledgement. So we can say that out loud. Acknowledgement. Great. I'll um, leave Eve there, but of course it says that she has another son. The two brothers have a disagreement. Cain kills Abel and he's banished to the wilderness. Eve goes on to have another son, Seth, who continues the bloodline and Eve isn't mentioned anymore in the Bible. It did say that Adam dies at the age of uh, 930, but we don't know about Eve. Now I want to go forward um, into 1 Samuel 1. And there we will read about Hannah. Hannah was the wife of Elkanah. He had another wife named Penina. Now Penina had many children, but Hannah didn't have any. So Penina would provoke Hannah, teasing her, making her feel unworthy and unhappy. But her husband loved Hannah. Now maybe the way you read it, it sounds a bit like that her husband loved her maybe more than Penina. And maybe that is why Penina acted the way she did. But he wasn't worried that Hannah hadn't given him a son. But Hannah herself felt condemned. You see, children were considered a blessing from God and barren women were made to feel like they were useless to their husbands. Then it says that Hannah silently prayed in the synagogue. As she bitterly wept, she shed many tears, asking God, to give her a male baby that she would give back to him, enabling the boy to do God's work all the days of his life. So our next um, word for today is prayer. So we can say it all together. Prayer. Now Eli, he was one of the priests, he saw her and he accused her of being drunk, to which she replied that she had been pouring her heart out to God. Eli then said to her, Go in peace. God grant you your petition. So it says that she had a son. She named him Samuel. And after he is weaned, she took him to the temple and she gives him to God just as she had promised. <coughs> Hannah was truly a woman of her word and she was so faithful. We'll just have a look at um, one more lady, and I couldn't leave Mary, the mother of Jesus. So it tells you um, in a few books of the Bible, probably in Matthew and Luke, about the circumstances of Jesus' birth. So Mary was a young virgin girl. 
she was pledged to marry a man named Joseph. Now she was so full of faith and extremely humble. But could you imagine God sending you an angel and telling you that he was going to do something impossible yet great in you and through you? Except this thing has a potential to make you look bad in the eyes of others and to be disgraced by the situation? Well, this is what happened to Mary. Now, Mary would have probably had a flood of emotions just go over her. She would have been filled with fear, probably confused. Yet, I feel that she would have been totally honoured to have been hand-picked by God among hundreds and probably thousands of other young women because she was now going to carry the Son of God. Now, her fiancé, Joseph, when he heard that she was pregnant, he was thinking about divorcing her quietly. But he had a dream where God spoke to him through another angel about the baby Mary was going to have. And the Bible says that Joseph, he is of a, a good, righteous character, so he does the noble thing and marries Mary. Now Mary and Joseph, they would have had to have so much trust in God. Now they are entrusted to look after and nurture Jesus, allowing him to, to fulfill the work that God had for him to do. So my last word for this morning that I want you to remember is trust. So let's say it together. Trust. Now all of these three ladies, they have, and, and the men, they have something in common to us all. They all have their thoughts with them 24 hours a day, seven days a week, year in and year out niggly, nagging little voice in the head at times. You know, it's so easy to get caught up with negative thoughts. People might say or do something that might not affect us or might not seem to, too bad at the time, but then when we're alone, the thoughts come back and we have a conversation in our head. You know, maybe what do they mean by that? Hmm, it's funny, how could they say that? And other situations might happen where we get a bill and we don't expect. And then you think, oh, how on earth are you going to pay for that? And other thoughts come into your mind. Health, that's also a big one. But we have to remember that we have an enemy that will use absolutely every situation possible to get us to focus on ourselves and not onto God. You know, with Eve, she had the devil right there in front of her. He was deceiving her, twisting everything around, talking sweet things directly to her. And her own thoughts would have been there as well. You know, maybe during the conversation, but most definitely after. Now, both, with both Hannah and Mary, their cultures and people's perception of them, 
that would have impacted on their thoughts greatly. Hannah was taunted by words from her husband's other wife and they would have probably had potential to overtake her own thoughts. Words have such a great impact on us all, whether they are spoken to us from others or words that we speak to ourselves in our own head. Everything that we do flows out from our heart. When we linger too long on the wrong thoughts, it can project negative attitudes in us and maybe set us on the wrong path for our life. We need to think on things that make us happy and change our negative thoughts into positive ones. In Proverbs 4.23 it says, Keep and guard your heart with all diligence and above all that you guard, for out of it flows the springs of life. Now that was the Amplified. The New Living says, For your heart determines the course of your life. So what we think drops down to our heart and then that's the course of our life. So it's all about the thoughts that we have in our own head. In 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So what thoughts are you allowing to maybe overtake your life and drop down into your heart, taking root there? You know, we all need to take captive of our thoughts because if we don't, they will start to push us around and control everything we do. You know, God has so many promises for us all. But if we allow the negative to come in, so is doubt and fear. So we all want to live victorious peaceful lives, don't we? So we need to start thinking of things that will encourage us and lift us up. So the title of my message today, Turning the Negative Thoughts into Positive Thoughts. So that's why I wanted to start right at the very beginning of the Bible with the word. So that's our first point today. So in John 1, verses uh, 1 to 5, it says, it explains creation. In the beginning was the one who is called the Word. The Word was with God and was truly God. From the very beginning, the Word was with God. And with his Word, God created all things. Nothing was made without the Word. Everything that was created received its life from him and his life gave light to everything. The light keeps shining in the dark and the darkness has never put it out. That's such a great, I mean, when you read that. There is so much power in God's word and words in general. I think that's why it starts off right at beginning of the Bible with the word. So when God spoke out of his mouth, 
his word came out which created everything that we see. In Proverbs 18.21, it tells us that there is the power of life and death in the power of the tongue or the words that come out. Now, with our negative thoughts might come self-doubt, thinking that you're not worthy, you're not needed by anyone. So first of all, I want to remind you that God chose you. He hand-picked every single one of you for this moment in time. He needs you and he loves you very much. But just like that verse I read out, nothing was created without God breathing his life and his light into it. And that includes everybody here today. So we all need to start speaking words of life over ourselves. And that includes the words that we find ourselves speaking to us in our own heads. So we all need to get into the word of God because the Bible is full of God's word. And I brought my trusty woman's Bible, put it up here so you can see that it's jam-packed full of God's word. It's God breathed, his life is in the word. So we need to start finding scriptures, meditating on it. Find those scriptures that actually can make you or lift you up, rise you up, or, you know, and because I know that we're probably all tied down with certain situations, but God wants us to get into the Word so that we can find something to be able to untie us, if you might say. Then to, we need to start letting these words come to mind when we're alone and those negative thoughts come in. In Romans 8.31, if God is for us, then who can be against us? Because most of the time, people aren't against us. But it's amazing how our thoughts can, (laughs) they make us think that people are. God gave Jesus to us so that we could be overcomers of all situations. In Romans 8, 37, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. That was the NIV version. Overwhelming victory is ours. That's what it says in another. So overwhelming victory. Now this leads to our next um, word, which was dominion. Now the word dominion means power, authority, the right to rule or govern, take care of, to nurture. Now, God has given us all dominion. So he's given us the power and the authority to speak life into every situation that we may face every day. And God wants us to activate his power and to release it into earth and to everyone we meet. Just like the fire starters, we need to go out. God's power isn't meant to be just for us, you see. We have been given it so we can give it away and help others. We read that Jesus has been given power and the authority from God. 
and Jesus was sent to be an example to us all. He was to show us how to get that great power and the authority and he shows us how to use it. In Luke 9 verses 1 to 2 it says, One day Jesus called together his 12 disciples and gave them power and and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. In Luke 10, 18 to 20, he told them, Yes, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all the powers of the enemy and you can walk among snakes, scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. You know, sometimes we forget that. We forget that where our, that our names are written in, in the Lamb's Book of Life, they call it. See, that power wasn't just for the Bible times. That power extends to us today. In Colossians 2.10, it says, When you come to Jesus, that fullness comes together for you too. His power over, um, extends over everything. So that power is so important for us today, which, of course, then leads us to our next word, which is excellent. You see, we can be our own worst enemy at times. So not everything has to do with Satan, even though we blame him an awful lot. For some of us, we're unhappy with the way we look. We're either too fat, too skinny, too tall, too short. Our hair's too dark or too light. It's too straight or it's too curly. We're too young or we're too old. And we also measure ourselves by other people as well. I mean, because we're not happy with ourselves, so we look at others and try and measure ourselves up against others, which is not good. We're never happy with ourselves because of the negative voice in the head. But we need to remember that it was God, his great power, through his word that created us. And what he creates in his eyes is beautiful, excellent, and perfect. We are works of art to him. We are all unique, but God made us that way. He made us so different to others. He didn't want us all walking around the same. He made everybody unique. Psalm 139, verses 13 to 18. You made all the delicate innermost parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvellous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the darkness of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. 
every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I awake, you're still with me. You know, that is, you know, even if that was just one uh, scripture, you know, you can look up. I mean, God is talking about, oh, this is about you. It's all about you. Now, the next time you look in the mirror, I have a bit of a challenge for you. You need to say something to yourself. You need to speak life into yourself. Maybe say something like, I am a beautiful or handsome work of art. I am a perfect masterpiece that God made with excellence. You know, God loves you. And he wants me to remind you that he doesn't put you on the shelf and leave you there. He loves you. He loves you very much. He loves everyone with a passion. So this um, will then come to our next time with God. In James 4, 8, it says, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. You know, God loves spending time with Adam and Eve. He loved walking with them. But it's no different. He loves time with you too. So maybe you too might need to go out in the garden. But you need to try and find somewhere, somewhere where you're comfortable and say, hey, Lord, I thank you that you are here with me. And loving on me, because he does, he loves on you. If you just look at the beauty, if you were out in the garden, I mean, there's so much beauty in the garden. Maybe you need to start putting some, or put some worship music on and start singing and praising God. Taking time to listen to what God is saying to you too, because it's not just one-way conversation, it's two-way conversation. So reading your Bible, that's also spending time with God. And while you're reading your Bible, ask God to show you something new and fresh because his word is always ever fresh. You know, and he will. God is so faithful. He, he will just give you that perfect word. He'll just, yeah, you'll just find that perfect scripture. One, a scripture maybe you've read a thousand times, but suddenly it just becomes new and fresh one day and you think, wow, how come I've never seen that before? <laughs> you know, God's word is just so, so amazing. So the next word that I told you was acknowledgement. So I was lying in bed this morning and I thought, it, you know, we should do that every morning, acknowledge that God is there and say, thank you, Lord. You know, this is going to be a great day and I thank you that you're all out with me. Now, that only came to me this morning, but take time to tell God and th that you thank him for everything that you have. We need to have a thankful heart in everything that we do. 
You know, I've been going through a few challenges lately. But a few weeks ago, I um, felt God. He said to me, be thankful for what you're going through and the situation and don't focus on what is actually happening. Then a few minutes later, I knocked down a pile of papers on the floor, which I was going to look at to see whether I needed to keep them or throw them away. They happened to be of a conference that we went to many, many years ago. But there were some words on these pieces of paper that really jumped out at me. And they said, it was all handwritten from me, from notes that I had taken from this conference. And it says, we are in trials, not in turmoil. So we have to remember in God's word, it does say that we'll be facing many trials. But sometimes we, we have to make it bigger than what it is. But it also says, we move into maturity when we obey what God says in the midst of the hardship, pressure or temptation. So these trials, like really like the Bible says, you know, they are testing us. And maybe if the same trial keeps coming up, maybe God is trying to, maybe we didn't really allow God to work his way through what he was trying to say the first time. This is why it's important to remember God and acknowledge him and be assured that he that the help will come from him. It also is it will keep you faithful. You see Eve was able to acknowledge God through the pain of childbirth and she was able to rejoice that God brought forth a son in all of that pain. Now there are many um, scriptures in, in Psalm which people are going through lots of different things, but yet they, through it all, they can acknowledge what God is, what God is doing. But in Psalm 100 verse 4 it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. So then this leads to our next point, which is prayer. Because prayer is important, isn't it? Now Hannah, she was really desperate to have a baby at that point when she was praying for her son. So maybe we need to get to that point sometimes of desperation, you know, because it forces us to get down on our knees and cry out to God. But we're quite lucky these days because we can go to God any time of the day. We don't have to wait for the church doors to be open. You don't have to give your petition and your prayer request to God, uh, to Pastor Gary. To, um, but God can, you know, he's there for us all the time, every day. So no matter what we're going through, we can take it to him there and then. Now, I have um, mentioned this in other messages I've spoken, but Pastor Gary and I, um, we lost our first baby to a miscarriage at eight weeks. And this just happens to be just a few days before my 21st birthday. 
Now, I was so devastated and I had lots of thoughts go through my head that we were probably never, ever going to have any children. Because, you see, I have an auntie that she could never have children, so I thought, well, that, that was me. And I, had, um, I knew of other ladies that couldn't have children either. So it's amazing how quickly these negative thoughts come in and they overtake our thoughts. But what I um, think helped us was being connected to a great church and they had some great people that could support us and be there and pray with us through um, this situation and they encouraged us to keep going. In Matthew 21, 22, in the New Living Translation, it says, You can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you will receive it. The Message Version says, Absolutely everything, ranging from small to large, as you make it a part of your believing prayer, it all gets included as you lay hold of God. <clears throat> So we are urged to pray for, I mean, we can think it's just a petty little thing, but the word says, no matter whether it's big or small, take it to God, you know. He cares, like I said before. He cares whether you're having a, a good day, bad day. He, what, he, you know, this is spending time with him. So, of course, after our miscarriage, Pastor Gary and I, we didn't really have to wait long to get pregnant again. And we are blessed with, like um, Pastor Gary said before, we are blessed with three gorgeous children who are each married to some fantastic people. And we are extremely blessed to have nine grandchildren. There you go. That, that's us all. We don't always get together, so that's why I had to... I said, no, nah, we've got to take a photo. So this was just Easter so it's a gorgeous photo. <laughs> so if you remember what I said at the beginning, that we had no clue about being parents because babies, they, they don't come with their, their own user manual. <laughs> but that's when you have to turn to God, isn't it? <laughs> a lot of prayer went into each child and each new situation and we probably encountered lots of um, situations. And a lot of prayer goes into each child, their marriage, their children, and plenty more. You see, we are parents for life, not just those first few days or first years when they're, they're living under our, our roof, but we care about each child as the years go by. Which then leads to my last point, which is trust. You know, I, throughout my life, I've had to put my trust in God so many times in so many situations. We need to trust that God has everything in control. You know, of course, uh, the enemy, his plan is to get us off course and to doubt ourselves, to doubt God. But that's where we need trust. God will keep his word and what he has promised you will come to pass. In Proverbs 3, 5, it says, Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not 
rely on your own insight or understanding. In Micah 7.5, it tells us not to put our trust in neighbours or confide in friends. And then in verse 7, it says, But as for me, I will look to the Lord, and confident in him, I will keep watch. I will wait with hope, which is trust and expectancy, for the God of my salvation, my God, will hear me. After I um, read this scripture, I, a quote came to my mind, which is, oh, I haven't heard it for years, but it says, a problem shared is a problem halved. Now, it might seem simple and it might be true in a way, but we need to be careful what we share with other people because this then can lead your problem leaving a seed of doubt and negativity into someone else. And we also need to be careful what we are allowing somebody to tell us, especially if it might be, you know, somebody's had a problem with somebody. You know, we suddenly can have that negative thought about somebody coming to our, ourselves too. So just be very careful with who you tell um, different problems with and who you allow to tell their pro you know their problems for you too so we need to trust him with every situation and of course we need to go to God he needs to be our first port of call so this is uh, my last scripture for today so it says in Philippians 4 8 finally brothers whatever is true Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So we'll just wrap it up now so you can put all the, the, words, the words up. Thanks, Hayley. So we need to remember and have the word deep in our hearts because there is so much power in the word. And God wants us to take dominion over every situation, over every thought in our lives. And use, of course, that God-given power. And remember, you are excellent. You're beautiful. You're handsome. You're perfect in God's eye. And start to spend more time with God. Because he just longs to have to spend time with you. And acknowledge and be thankful to God through everything that you've gone through and what you're still going through. And in prayer, give it all to God, whether it be big or little. And trust that God will see all situations through. I subscribe to um, the Daniel plan and... Um, they seem to have a theme or a, um, a thought. And this one came through last week and it said, If we meditate on what we are grateful for, we will supercharge our mood and have a far richer experience of God's powerful presence. I thought that was so great. I just had to um, share it with you today.
So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, I really thank you that you are all that we need. And I thank you that you have given us great power of your word to enable us to call forth that power over every situation that we may face. I thank you for the excellent and perfect way that you have made each and every one of us. And I thank you that you have given us your word to speak life into any negative thought that may come upon us and take us captive. And I speak the power and the word of life over everybody here today. In the powerful, awesome, mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you, everyone. What an incredible message, Pastor Jane. <laughs> Let's just give her another hand. That was really good. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. Well, let's all stand. We're going to go out with a song. Let's give glory to our God. We've just heard a wonderful message. Let's, let's just apply it to our lives this week. So let's just give him some praise. And I want to encourage you, uh, what have we got in the cafe after the service? Is it coffee or have we got everything else on as well? Free coffee for all the mums. Hot food and everything. So I just want to encourage you just to hang around if you can and have some fellowship as well. So let's, uh, let's sing. Come on.